Welcome to the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. We provide education and information on senior care topics. Here's your host, Ryan McGinnis. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Caregiver's Toolbox podcast, where we give you information and education on senior care topics. My name is Ryan McAniff, and I am your host. I'm also the owner of Minute Women Home Care, and I'm also on the board of the National Aging in Place Council. So I'm involved in senior care, and what I do is I interview people who I think can bring value to our listeners and provide information and education, like I said. And today's guest is none other than the world-famous Scott Maybor of Senior Benefits Boston. Scott, thank you so very much for taking the time to talk to me and my listeners and educate them on what you do and how you can help. My pleasure, Ryan. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So in a nutshell, let people know what you do with, um, obviously, you're focused on Medicare and senior benefits, but what let people know what your um, role is and how you help people. Sure. Um, so Medicare is is just overwhelming for people. And I, I talk to people who are currently on Medicare, as well as people who are looking at it for the first time. But, you know, my client base includes doctors. It includes lawyers, it includes accountants, it includes college professors. Um, it, it just nobody understands it. And it's overwhelming and it's intimidating. So what we do is help people figure out Medicare, um, whether that, you know, and that starts from understanding the parts to understanding the dates and avoiding penalties to actually choosing plans. And so you're, for, for somebody that is, is uh, maybe younger in age, it's still confusing with my insurance. I'm always constantly contacting my guy about my insurance, being like, what do I have? What does this mean? And can you summarize this in three sentences on what I have for insurance? And I imagine it only gets more complicated once you start dealing with private insurances, Medicare, Medicare Part B, and all of the nonsense. It's almost like they purposely make it complicated complicated for a reason. I guess that helps you with job security, but you would, th- you would think that they would make this a bit more, uh, more streamlined and easier to understand. And so um, you help people get the best um, policies, I imagine, and understand their policies that are going to fit the needs that they have. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you know, you, you made me think of something, you know, for most people, Ryan, and you and I are probably somewhat unique in that we're both self-employed that most people have never actually shopped for health insurance. They've worked for 40 some odd years at a, at a company that provided health insurance. And every year the HR representative um, said, you know, here are your choices, Ryan, choose A or B, if there's even a choice. Um, so for many people, they're retiring. This is the first time they've ever shopped for health insurance. And the Medicare system is very different than private insurance. Um, you know, it, it there is nothing like Medicare with a supplement in the private sector. So not only do you have to wrap your head around, I'm now shopping for insurance at 65 plus, I'm looking at something that is completely unfamiliar, unfamiliar to people in this country. So it, it, it's overwhelming and, you know, we can really kind of streamline the process. And when I said that, you know, I help people who currently have Medicare, you know, during open enrollment, especially, which is kind of that time period where you focus on that, um, there is an amazing number of people who I've spoken to. I, I, I met with an accountant. Um, he and his wife, he's 91 years old. 
He has had Medicare for 25 years. He is on the same plan he signed up with 25 years ago. And it's obscenely expensive. There's absolutely no need for the cost of this plan. We found him a plan that was a fifth of the price for both he and his wife. And the coverage is exactly the same as he has now. It's just nobody ever told him. And he never looked. Yeah, it's, it's very much seems like it's um, like another type of insurance. Like I think any type of car insurance or any type of um, homeowner's insurance or whatever it is that the premiums go up and you, you know, you, you know, you get this packet because you and I are the same where we have our business insurance as, as well as our personal insurance. You get this packet of information. And you're like, I'm not reading through all this. Like, give me the summary of what this protects and what this doesn't protect. And um, and so a gentleman like that just kept paying his premiums at one up and it went up and then all of a sudden he never shopped the market and that's going to be a great thing to be able to help somebody out and save them you know hundreds maybe thousands of dollars a year on uh, on their their premiums I, i'm actually it's probably more like more often than not thousands of dollars a year um and that can make a real a change in somebody's life especially if you're dealing with somebody on a fixed income and you're working with people that um you know as we've seen over the last 16 months, inflation's going through the roof and people are sitting there going, how do I save money? And, and what do I do right now? Yeah. You know, and saving money, uh, you know, when people come to me and say, what's the best plan? And I always, you know, always do the air quotes, you know, best is very subjective, but pricing can vary. And sometimes the pricing that I see somebody is overpaying on a policy it's simply the wrong policy. You know, you could switch policies, and this is why I encourage people every year to check at the very least they're, where they're getting their drug coverage from. You know, it's something as simple as going to CVS rather than Walgreens or Walgreens rather than CVS could save somebody hundreds of dollars a month. Sometimes uh, drug plan X will cover your particular drug at $10 copay and you're paying 50. And for some people, you know, some people say, well, you know, that's not much of the savings. Somebody on a fixed income, you save $40 a month by either simply changing the drug plan or changing the pharmacy. That's a significant portion of their income every, every month. And, you know, I see so many of this. Just It's just um, it's easier to not check it. There was a statistic that less than 25% of the people take advantage of the open enrollment period to check their plans. And as a result, many of them are simply overpaying for their drug plans. Um, you know, real quickly, WellCare in Massachusetts eliminated four plans. By federal law, if you're on an eliminated plan, WellCare has to move you to their most expensive plan in the state. So you're going from $15 a month to $45 a month. Not that you need a $45 a month plan. It's just what the federal law says they have to do. And of course, when you're working with somebody like, like yourself, you develop a relationship with you and then you're going to be able to understand, I'm sure in your notes somewhere that you say, Hey, Ryan has these issues and these needs and somebody else has these issues and those needs. And you're going to try to tailor that plan to that person. And, and that's where having a relationship is important with whether you're using Scott or you're using somebody else, because then they get to know who you are, what you do or what you need, I should say. And they can save you money that way as well versus you go to somebody for the first time and they're, they're, that, that relationship and that knowledge just isn't there. And I imagine that relationship style of business is really kind of beneficial after somebody's been working with you for a few years. 
Yeah, you know, actually with COVID, it's, it's one of the things I miss the most. Um, you know, prior to COVID, Medicare required that everything was in person. And, you know, with, with COVID, it, you know, it, it's made me more efficient in terms of the number of people I can help in a day because there's no driving time. But I also miss that interaction, you know, getting to really sit down at somebody's, you know, kitchen table or dining room table and really getting to know them better. Um, you know, one of the, uh, I was at a networking group yesterday and one of my clients was there and he said it was just amazing. Scott reached out to me out of the blue with my drug list because, of course, I saved his drug list from when I signed him up last year. And you know, his name's Rich. And I said, you know, Rich, these are the medications I have on file for you. These are the uh, uh, providers that I have on file for you. Has anything changed? And, you know, he came back with nothing's changed. And I said, okay, well, that being the case, your, you know, in his case, his supplement was fine. Didn't change that. But I said, you could save X number of dollars on a drug plan by switching. And he was so impressed. He gave me a shout out yesterday that out of the blue, I just said, hey, you know, Rich, if this is still the case, these are still your drugs, this would be a good good time for you to switch. But your wife is in, a, is in the perfect plan for it. So let me ask you this question. This is, is, is somewhat a conversation I had with my dad years ago. Uh, my dad uh, turned 65 and he was eligible for, for Medicare, but he was still working part-time with the company that he worked for for many years. And with that, he was still getting his Blue Cross Blue Shield health insurance. And he made a statement that I said, well, why don't you go on, you know, are you planning to go on Medicare? It just kind of came up. This was this was probably even before or or a little after I owned Minute Women. So it wasn't like I um, had a wealth of experience in that realm. And uh, and he said, why would I ever get rid of private insurance when I can pick my doctor versus with Medicare? They don't you you have to go to the doctor they, they tell you to. And I wasn't you know, like I didn't really care at the time, but I said, that doesn't sound right to me. I can't imagine that Medicare only allows you to go to a certain doctor. But is that is that something that is true or is that something that is kind of one of these fallacies that kind of fear mongering somehow became true? But it was just, you know, maybe one bad experience somebody had that was made its way around the world, kind of like the old saying that a lie travels halfway around the world before the truth even gets out of bed. You know, like, how does that work? And what about that type of example that people have with private private insurance versus something like Medicare? Yeah, that's actually a great example. Um, I talked to a lot of people. With Medicare, people are eligible for Medicare when they're 65, period, whether they're working full time or not. And in many cases, you know, you know this, um, the group coverage uh, that's offered at many companies today is not what it once was. It, you know, it, and how many times do I, you know, have you heard that, you know, somebody, you know, they work for a company and this year they're changing from company X to company Y and, oh, my doctor's not there, now I have to go find a new PCP. Um, People have this conception that because they're in the private insurance field, they, they have choice over their insurance, and it really comes down to their employer or the HR lady or HR person um, chose the insurance that they have to take. With Medicare, you have complete freedom in who you see. Um, you know, so there's two ways to do Medicare, but if you have a supplement, you know, and this is why I say it's very unlike private insurance in this country, for a fixed monthly fee, that may be more or less than what you have currently, you know, from the employer, you can see any doctor in the country and have no co-pays. So 
literally, you go and have a stent put in, you have hip replacement, you need a uh, CAT scan, you want to go to Beth Israel, you want to go to, um, you know, a hospital in New York, a hospital in North Carolina, or a hospital in California. It's all covered 100%. And there's just nothing else like that. So for somebody who hasn't, who somebody who is going through something, they have a chronic illness, they, they know they have uh, a surgery coming up. This is a phenomenal way to get coverage, not worried about specialists being in or out of network and having no co-pays and a $200 annual deductible. Yeah, I mean, and so that's where, um, you know, people have to have to do some research and find out what works for them and works what works um, best for them. And if it is private insurance, then so be it. And if it is, if you have the Cadillac of insurance, maybe you're part of a union. Like I know in Boston, I have a friend that's, that's uh, he jokingly says, we're a union family, Ryan, because the, the Boston teachers uh, health insurance is just unbelievable. Like, Hey, listen, there's, there's likely you're not going to be able to maybe beat that. But um, there are a lot of people, like you said, that health insurance has gotten so expensive that companies start to, um, cheap out on it. Like I, I'm, I, I know somebody that works for AT&T and I'm like, oh, well, you must have great insurance. And they're like, no, we don't have great insurance at all. It's terrible. And I mean, I only worked for one fortune 500 company, which was Granger industrial supply. But I remember when we all got laid off during the, the, the great crash, you know, 2008, 2009, when everything was a, a disaster and obviously homes weren't being built. So nobody was really calling Granger. Um, you know, people were, I, mean, I remember I was 24, 25 at the time, you know, I wasn't, you know, old. Um, and, uh, and uh, people were crying in the hallways because they were like, what am I going to do with insurance? Because, you know, like I just had this insurance that cost me $50 a month that covered me and my husband and my kid because the insurance was so great. And I, you know, I couldn't wrap my head around that because I was, you know, like I could go out to the connector and get insurance for pretty cheap because I was young and healthy and, and all those types of things. So I definitely can understand where, you know, even in the short period of time of between when I was at Granger and, and now when I talk to people who are at companies that are even larger than Granger. And you sit there and say, how don't you have very good insurance? I mean, so your point is well taken that if you're 65 years old, you might be able to get better insurance from Medicare than you could get from your the private insurance you're working with right now. Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny because there is that perception that it can't be as good. Um, and the, the, again, there's, there's two ways to do Medicare. So you can look at the, you know, quote unquote, traditional Medicare, which is supplement with the drug plan. Um, and that's a fixed cost with no copays, no network. Or you can do the um, advantage plan model, the part C, which has no premium in addition to over the part B. So, you know, in, a, in effect, you're paying $170 a month for full coverage. And, you know, when I'm going through, you know, what an advantage plan covers, and there are pros and cons, um, as with everything, you know, and I'm pointing out what's the maximum out of pocket, what's the deductible, what are the copays? I'm surprised at how many people say, you know, they balk at the maximum out of pocket, and like, oh, that's a lot of money, you know. And it, with no, with no doubt, it is a lot of money. But when I, when you say, well, what is your current maximum out of pocket on your group plan? I have no idea. And, and frequently, it's more. So, you know, it's like I'll be showing somebody a plan. They'll say, well, that's not good. It has a $5,900 out of pocket, for example. And what's yours? And we pull out their documentation and it's $7,500 and or $10,000. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's, 
it's more and you're paying a premium and what's your deductible well i have a two thousand dollar deductible you know uh for the family and i'm like okay this is zero you know so it's there's pros and cons without a doubt but you really have to kind of dig into the numbers and it's hard for most people to dig into the numbers they have no idea what the numbers are they've never looked at their plan they just got handed a plan you're absolutely right. And I mean, I obviously buy and handle the insurance for my company. And what I've talked to employees about is like, listen, you know, I know that you might not be thrilled about this insurance because your copay is $50 every time you go to the doctor. And I know that stinks. But what you're not seeing is that the maximum out of pocket cost you have with this plan is $8,000. And though that isn't a small amount of money, you can get out of $8,000 of debt you don't want to have the plan that pays for all your co-pays and then the maximum amount of pocket is $75,000 or whatever it doesn't cover. And then all of a sudden you're not getting out of debt anytime soon. Excuse me, I had to clear my throat. And so what, what ended up happening was somebody in the, the company um, ended up having some, you know, really big health issues. And then when they found out that all they had to pay for the bills that were coming in that were, you know, tens of thousands, and I think it reached over $100,000 that they were just going to pay eight grand. They were like jumping, doing backflips, basically like, hey, listen, eight grand, you can get out of debt of eight grand. It's going to be a heck of a lot harder getting out of debt of a hundred thousand. And I do think in a general sense, we kind of lose the forest through the trees there. It's like, hey, listen, I know that the co-pays stink, but the co-pays aren't the issue. It's when you get in a car accident, you need to be metaflighted to Boston Medical and you need to have brain surgery done on you. You don't want that bill coming true. And uh, and there are a lot of private companies, uh, private insurances that, that you know, as you know, there's a lot of loopholes and not loopholes, but there's a lot of different plans that pay for things and don't pay for others. And um, I definitely understand where you're coming from that. In a general sense, you know, for people that kind of said in the pre-interview from California to Florida to Southern Cal to New England, when people are thinking about, hey, I'm coming up on 65, I'm 64 years old, um, two questions. One, open enrollment, you were just talking about how you just finished that. Does that mean that people can only enroll a certain time of the year in Medicare? Or is there, I, what does that mean? And then secondly, what are some general tips or, or good housekeeping uh, procedures to do when you're coming up at 65 years of age, or you're leaving the workforce and you know you're eligible for Medicare? What are some of those starting points? Okay. <laughs> That's a lot to unpack. Um, so open enrollment is only for it, it, open. I mean, I, I personally can't stand open enrollment. I would love to see it go away. I, I think the the primary entities that it benefits are the drug company, are the uh, carriers. Um, in terms of what open enrollment is, if you are currently on Medicare, it applies to you. However, um, and it runs from October 15th to December 7th. If you are on a supplement with a drug plan, you have to pay attention to it because it is your only opportunity for the entire year to make a change for the coming year, which I think is horrendously unfair because drug companies can change prices throughout the year and you're stuck in their drug plan. You can't make a change. Um, in addition, you could be prescribed a new medication that isn't covered on the drug plan you have. So the, the way the drug plans work is every carrier, need, every plan in the country has to cover 
one, at least one of every class of drug. But just because there's, you know, if there's two drugs in the same class, you may be on the plan that doesn't cover the one you've been prescribed. And for whatever reason, your doctor may not want you on the other one. Now you're paying, you know, out of pocket for that. So, which is why I say, you know, when you have the opportunity in, in the fall to check your drug plan, you absolutely 100% should. Um, in terms of when you're 65 or approaching your 65th birthday, um, I think it behooves everybody to at least have a basic understanding of Medicare. You know, prior to me starting to get into the Medicare field, um, I had no idea how Medicare worked. And when I was invited in by a colleague, I told him absolutely not several times because I, I didn't know anything about it, didn't want to know anything about it, quite frankly, was scared about it. Um, and really didn't know how 65-year-olds got the information. I, I just kind of assumed that, like, when you turn 65, your HR rep hands, you know, does a seminar and teaches you about Medicare. The truth of the matter is they don't know anything about Medicare, and neither does anybody else. There's just no way anybody learns. So I think if you're 65, before you simply dismiss Medicare and say, you know, my group plan is better, why not understand what Medicare is for, for better or worse and, and have that information to make an informed decision? I've had a lot of people during this, you know, these strange times, Brian, that, you know, told me, you know, I'm turning 65, so, you know, I want some information, but I'm going to continue to work for another two or three years anyway. So this is really just, you know, I don't want to waste your time, but just give me some information. And then I get a call a month or two later, I just got laid off. And now I need Medicare. So having that information before you need it, I think is valuable. Um, and as you know, we talked about earlier, you may find people who could benefit from, from knowing that Medicare may be a better fit for them than their group plan. A um, couple things to, you know, to keep in mind, nobody over 65 should ever be on COBRA. And it's not just the price of COBRA. It's the fact that medic, the rules of Medicare are very complicated. If you go on, if you're over 65 and you're on COBRA, Medicare is still your primary, even if you haven't signed up for Medicare, meaning that COBRA is only responsible for 20%. And it doesn't matter if you're paying $1,000 a month for it or $5,000 a month for it, or the former employer is paying for it. Medicare does not count it as coverage. It is not going to help you. You need to be on Medicare. And I see a lot of HR people saying, listen, you know, as part of our package, you know, it is part of our separation agreement, you're having free COBRA. And people, it's hard to turn down free health insurance, but you'll get, you'll get hurt. It leaves a huge exposure. Um, you know, so that's always a concern. If you work at a company of less than 20 employees, Medicare is going to be your primary insurance. Some carriers really enforce it. Like Blue Cross, for instance, will send you a letter that says, by the way, your birth month is August. As of August 1st, you're off our plan. Go find yourself the Medicare. But a lot of carriers don't send a letter. However, again, the rules say if the company is less than 20, Medicare is supposed to be your primary. Now, now, God forbid, you get into a car accident. There's hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of bills. The insurance company has an out. You have a legal claim. You've paid premiums. They never informed you. But is ignorance going to be a defense? And now, in addition to everything else you got going on, you're fighting with an insurance company who has a who has an out to say you shouldn't have been on the plan. The rule is less than 20. You need Medicare. 
so you, you open yourself up to exposures that, you know, as an insurance guy, I try to eliminate. Well, that's, that's some really good information that I didn't even know either. And that's something that uh, I don't want to, I want to inform my, um, my, my employees of what they can do and what they can't do. And that's, that's certainly some exposure. Now, one, one question as we start wrapping up is, is that you do this for a living. I think people will inevitably wonder and ask, well, how do you get paid? What does that, does somebody that's, is it, is it, you are you just like a broker with private insurance or are uh, the customers paying you directly? How do you get paid through all of this? Because I'm sure people ask you that when they're wondering, Hey, listen, if I'm going to call up Scott and get some ideas of what's going on, well, he's obviously got to make his money somehow he's doing a service. How, what does that look like? And how does that, that work? So my, my initial model was broker model and meaning that, you know, I, you come to me, I, I, I give you the information, I give you unbiased advice and I, and I will provide proof, you know, when I recommend a plan for you, um, I'm going to list the plans by cost. But if, the, if your doctors are not in the cheapest plan, then that's not a good fit for you. So let's go to plan two, plan three, until we find a match. Um, I have found in working with many of the professionals that I work with, um, they prefer referring to somebody who has a uh, fee-for-service model. So you pay me a, a fee, and uh, that's that's a work in progress, to be perfectly honest, Brian, because um, open enrollment hit, and I kind of shelved it. But I am licensed as an insurance advisor, and that allows me to charge a flat fee, um, or, or a fee, I should say, um, and if you prefer, if people prefer that model, then that's fine. If somebody comes to me and says, listen, I really want you to just review the plans I've already selected, then I have to get compensated for my time. If somebody says, listen, I, I'm lost. I just want your help. I like the not paying me model because it, I feel that it allows me to help people of all incomes because Medicare is universal. I mean, I'm not a financial planner where I want somebody with, a quarter million dollars in assets, half a million dollars in assets. I have people on Medicaid. I have people who live in $3 million mansions. It doesn't matter to me because the Medicare piece is the same no matter what you have. So I hesitant, I, I'm he very hesitant to go with strictly a fee-for-service model because I really feel like it limits who I can help. I, I really don't want to tell somebody, listen, you can't afford my advice. And I have a colleague out of Chicago who, does that she's strictly fee-for-service and I said well how do you help people who can't afford your services and she said during a busy time I can't I just turn them away and that doesn't sit well with me to be perfectly honest so I'm kind of trying to work out the details of a hybrid model but for most of the, most of my clients do not pay me the carrier pays me for enrollment gotcha and well but it's good good that people know that there are options in which they can hire you and, and services. And people also remember, you know, you got to see the forest through the trees. If Scott can save you money and it's a lot more money than what you have to pay him, that's a net positive there, folks. You know, you got to remember that that's, that's money well spent. And well, thank you. <laughs> you know, when <laughs> in taught and speaking to my accountant, um, who's also a client, you know, he, he said, you know, because he obviously charges a fee. And he said, you know, are you saving people money when they come to you? And the, the gentleman I mentioned, the 91-year-old, a referral of his, 
And he was currently spending $2,000 a month for he and his wife for that old plan that he had. He's now paying $225 a month for he and his wife. So, I mean, the savings was tremendous. And when, you know, he, he I met with him and his, his son-in-law, you know, I, I, he said, I don't care what you charge me. You saved me thousands of dollars. And, and, you know, I like to think that even if it's something minor, like, you know, a friend of mine, I switched her drug plan. She lives in San Francisco. She, I, she saved, I saved her $700 this year. And I'm like, I don't know, is it worth, save, is it worth making the change? And she said, $700 is a lot of money. And, you know, she's not changing pharmacies. She's not changing her medications. It's simply using, instead of, and I'm just picking names out of the air, instead of using a Humana card, she's using an Aetna card now. Yeah, absolutely. And so you, so kind of wrapping things up, you, can you, um, you can service anybody in the country? Pretty much. And so how do people reach out to you, Scott? So um, the easiest way is by email. And that's Scott at S the senior B for benefits, the word Boston. So two B's in a row dot O R G. They can uh, certainly call me or text me as well. Um, I'm not great with voicemails. So I will get back to you, but um, during the day, it's hard. I'm typically on the phone with clients. Um, you know, if I could just add one other thing, Ryan, the open enrollment season, the official annual enrollment is ended December 7th, but that does not mean people are locked in their plans. Um, we can switch plans during the month of December as kind of a temporary solution. You switch to another plan before the December 31st, that puts you in a probably a different, you know, in many cases, a different plan for January 1st, but then you can switch again once the first of the year comes because anybody on an advantage plan has until the end of March to switch plans. Anybody new to Medicare, open enrollment doesn't count. Anybody who has a plan that left the state um, has extra time if a, an emergency was declared, either through COVID or weather, you know, down south with the tornadoes, they could have extra time. So that there's just because the all the hype is over on TV and uh, on the radio, doesn't mean you're stuck in your plan. There are always workarounds that are fully oh. legal. I would hope so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I will do is for our contact information, I, at the very least, I'll put your uh, website in the, the, the notes and I can find that email as well. And I can put that email in the notes as well. So people can just go down in the notes and copy and paste that into Gmail, send you a, a message and you can set up a time to uh, schedule a time to, to speak with you. But Scott, Thank you so much for coming on the show, sharing your perspective on things, educating people. You know, as you know, uh, it sounds like people, uh, whether it's your your business or my business, they're coming to us kind of in a crisis mode, not really knowing what's going on. A lot of education is involved in this. So don't worry about it, Scott. It's it's just a podcast. And so um, Scott's cracking up on the video. Um, and so you know, that's one, one, something that's important for people to understand what this is all about, because it can save you some real money and it can give you some benefits. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Scott. My pleasure, Ryan. Thank you very much for uh, the invitation. And thank you to all of the listeners of the show. This is the Caregiver's Toolbox, and we'll catch you on the next one.